You are listening to the Musician Today weekly podcast with Vera Bermenko. Tune in for your insight into a professional musician's life and awesome new music. Everybody. So we are back with another awesome, awesome episode of Musician Today podcast. And here we are today live with an amazing violinist who originally hails from Israel, Bar Markovich. Am I saying it right? Yes. yes. Okay, perfect. I got it on the first try. I can't believe it. So <laughs> he's an award-winning cross-genre violinist. He's one of the Israel's most promising young musicians. And his latest original music concept has led to a host of commercial success, which includes performances around the world and for well-known broadcasters and international magazines. Yay! So originally born in Israel in 1991, Barr began studying the violin at the age of six. He graduated the Royal College of Music, uh, London, in the class of Professor Ani Schnark. Schnark. Is that right? Schnark. Schnark, yeah, perfect. He has been uh, then laureated several awards by the RCM Polonsky Scholar, the America Israel Cultural Foundation, the FIDF, and was awarded special prize of an outstanding performances at the 2008 Paul Van Heim competition in Tel Aviv. He was a member of the Young Israel Philharmonic Orchestra and Jerusalem Music Center program for outstanding young musicians and is a graduate of the Keshet Elion International Violin Master Courses. Barr's recent original work has led to a worldwide acknowledgement winning the GoPro Awards and performing at high-profile events in Europe and USA. He appeared as a soloist with the Haifa Symphony in 2006 and 2009 and in 2012, as well as Ra Nana Symphony Orchestra and with Daniel Berboims, a West yeah. East Barben, I'm sorry, <laughs> Baron Boims, <laughs> a West Eastern Divan Orchestra, performing in Europe, in New York's Carnegie Hall, and at the UN. He has taken yeah. part in master classes given by Ivory um, Gitlis, Gitlis, yes, I got it, thanks, um, Miriam Fried, Zakhar Braun, Maria Radicheva, Vadim Glusman, Mila Feldman, Sophie Jant, and Rudolf Coleman. I think I got those, yes. <laughs> so you can find Barr and his amazing music on his website at barmarkovich.com, on Facebook at forward slash violin bar, on YouTube, look him up by Mar- Bar Markovich, violin bar, you'll find him there, on Instagram, forward slash violin underscore bar. This is how we met through Instagram. Then on Twitter, at forward slash violin underscore bar. On LinkedIn at forward slash violin bar. So how are you, Bar? How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Amazing. Thank you. So happy to have you on the show. So I know you have a lot of insight into like a professional world of an artist and how the modern social media and the cyberspace plays a role in it. So I can't wait to hear about all of that. Um, so what would be the first? Uh, oh yes, what is the first time that you decided that you needed to, you know, sort of branch out from classical world and create your own style? What was that? What was that turning moment for you? Um, funnily enough, that was a thing that was always there uh, since I started playing. So I cannot really point out a certain moment where, like, okay, I'm just going to do other kinds of music now. Uh, I've been growing up with it since I started playing. For me, it was just part of violin, uh, or part of music. 
Um, yeah, so there was never just classical music there. There was all sorts of music. That's amazing. That sounds so great. So, and when did you come up with your first original piece that you created from scratch? I think I was at the age of 11 or 12. It was around then. Um, I wrote my first original piece. It was a, a, it was a trio, violin, cello and piano. And I performed it with uh, a really dear friend of mine um, and my sister. We went on the national uh, convention of um, young composers and we played it there. That's amazing. Congrats. <laughs> All right. So I guess you and your sister write a lot of stuff together. Is that right? Um, we do stuff together. We used to uh, when I was living back home uh, because she's a cellist. So uh, sometimes we play things together. Uh, we actually recorded recently a uh, very famous song of Dire Straits, Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. We made our own um, arrangement of that for violin and cello. Excellent. Maybe we should have a listen to that. All right? Oh, okay. Are you guys ready? Here's Romeo and Juliet.
That was beautiful. Wow, bravo. <laughs> so you guys are amazing. So you're both classical trained musicians, right? Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. So I wonder if you um, have been playing acoustically for quite a while, when was the moment that electric violin entered into your life, right? And what has it done to your sound? Okay. Uh, um, again, almost the same story. Um, I got exposed to electric violins around the age of six or seven, if I'm not wrong. I started playing at the age of six. It was the, the Michael Plathis Lord of the Dance show that got me hooked up, not just the instruments, but the music as well, Irish music. I just got hooked as a kid. I was sitting like that. And back then I told myself, okay, one day I'm going to have an electric violin and I'm going to play that kind of music as well. Uh, at, at the very early stages of my starting I already said that to myself. And when I was 14, uh, I got my first electric violin. Uh, I borrowed one from a friend back then, and I performed uh, for the first time um, one of the local events uh, pieces with friends from a middle school at our graduation ceremony, and I was Great fun, actually. Uh, yeah, that's that's how it came to, to my life. Before that, I remember going to different friends, trying to build some sort of a pickup um, for my acoustic violin. And a friend of mine just took a piece of an old speaker, like a small one, and he wiped. And we, I used to put just underneath my strings behind my bridge, and that would just get the sound from my instruments. And I would just plug it into an amp, just like that. Um, and that's how, that's how I started just messing out, out with it. Um, yeah, but the uh, first ever electric violin that I touched was when, when I did that uh, graduation ceremony. That's amazing. So I've seen you play it on Mark Woods Viper. Do you own one? Is that actually? Yes, I own yeah? one. Um, that's awesome. What, what? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm getting mine like maybe this summer or fall. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you like it? Do you enjoy the instrument? It's a great instrument. Yeah. I saw it for the first time on YouTube when I was 17, I think. And I, I just decided I'm going to Yeah, same here. Was... High five. <laughs> <laughs> I did that for like two and a half years and then I got it. And I couldn't believe mm -hmm. Right. I was like, really? Now that's it? Because I, 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 I was so enjoying the... You know the the path, the road, the the waiting, um, and then it arrived, and I was like, oh wow, so that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now Same, here. Same here. Yeah, I can't wait, and I know it's. I'm gonna not notice that moment because I'm also savoring it. <laughs> so why don't we have a listen to something that's a little bit more different, right? So I really like your cover of "Beat It." I think that's an awesome sound. So let's have a listen, okay? You guys yeah, ready? Sure. Here's Beat It, yeah. electric cover.
change um, like your technique of playing from acoustic to something like this? And do you play a fretted instrument or is it fretless? That's my personal question because I want to kind of prepare myself. <laughs> so for the technique, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Amazing. So about the technique, um, technique and sound is is all about research and study and practice, basically. So same as you, so yes, you learn um, the classical era, like Mozart, um, Handel, these kind of composers, you learn the, this particular style and sound, uh, you can learn and practice and understand particular other genre sounds, like jazz music, rock music, pop music, um, Irish, bluegrass. Each one of those uh, genres have their unique language and sound and techniques. So for rock music, um, I listened a lot to guitar players, electric guitar players, a lot. It would be Joe Satriani, John Petrucci, Steve Vai, um, Paul Gilbert, Andy Timmons, Ingve Malmsteen, uh, there's quite a few more that I just forgot, but th th there's quite a lot that I used to listen to. and. Um, I learn and um, to understand the language basically because that's where it's coming from. These people or that kind of music, they need to, to listen to all of that and understand that. And I was trying to mimic the same sound as, sounds that I was hearing basically just on my instrument. And that's how I developed my own technique um, and my own take on the genre. And then there's other genres, and it works the same. Just need to listen to a lot of things and different things, and just get get to experiment with it and get to uh, play a lot until you have it. Obviously, you can also take lessons or speak to people. That's also a great idea, uh, and very recommended, obviously. Um, but something that one of my professors back in college said that if you want to understand a certain type of music, certain style. Um, you go to the place where it's being developed or the place where it's happening the most and you be there and you, you learn from the people that do it all the time. But that's how basically you do it. Uh, that's the best way. He said you cannot just study and study and read. You, sometimes you need to experience it like in first person and I totally agree with that. Now to the other question, um, I play a fretless viper. Um, Back in the day, I thought, I don't need frets on my instrument. I, I've been training a lot and enough to play in tune. And that would be forever my end to play in tune. I don't want to play out of tune. And I don't need frets to help me to play in tune. Uh, I've, I felt like this is for, I don't know, pansies or like, you know, um, lazy people. <laughs> uh, but this day, uh, let me tell you something else. There is something beyond that sound-wise. If you have friends, your sound is a bit different on sliding and so on. And I will probably get my next instrument, electric violin, my next electric violin, to be built with friends, just for sound purposes. Um, just because I, I could hear a, a slight difference um, in the sound. And that's something that I'm personally interested about, to explore, to see if I can come up with solutions for some ideas that I've had in mind for some years now, and they don't really work quite well without friends. So we'll see. Yeah, I totally agree. That's exactly what I'm getting to. My first instrument is going to be fretless. And then 
We talked with Mark and I decided that when I feel more comfortable with the idea, I'm going to get another one with the frets built in. <laughs> so I totally appreciate that. Yeah, great. So tell me, how do you come up with your original music? So it's one thing to do covers. It still takes a lot of creativity, but how do you create your original music? What's your process behind that? Like, do you come up with a rhythmic idea? Do you hear a melody and get inspired by that? Like, what do you do? <laughs> Okay, that's um, that's quite a big of an yeah. answer, but I'll try to cover it all <laughs> sure. as fast as possible, not to go too much uh, around. Basically, first of all, I was in my I think second year in college when I realized that I do want to do creative uh, stuff with my music, with the music, with music, sorry, not with my music, because back then I had very little of my music. Uh, but I decided officially, the second year into college, that I want to create more and make it as part of my uh, career. Um, now, when I when I came up with the concept of Crazy Violin Adventure, where Basically, I'll, I'll explain the concept is, is that I choose a place around the world, a country, and I look at pictures and videos, um, I read about it, I make a little research, I check the local music um, aesthetics and aspects, and I gather a whole picture out of it, and I write an original tune about this country, um, taking into consideration all the aesthetical and musical aspects of the country, and I travel to that place with my electric violin, I mount a GoPro on the violin, and I shoot a video clip while traveling in this place. And the outcome is a, lo a lovely video that where you see all the views, natural views of a place, and you see my hands playing and all the views behind it with music that is dedicated to this specific place. So um, the process for that, or the process for anything in could be either I have something in my mind, I just have a melody, it just it's in my mind and I want to do something with it. So I would do that. Like I would sit down and work it out, develop something out of it. That's one possibility um, scenario, let's call it. Another thing would be um, because of this concept, sometimes I need to create dedicated music to a place I've never been or heard of or I'm not particularly interested with the local music so it's a research and then I need to get inspired so I would start with a small idea and then slowly bit by bit I will develop more ideas while I work on the tune it could be that I will start with just I don't know four notes and I would start um, I would just get around in the software and the music software and then I would think okay maybe I could add a piano here maybe let's add something that could be better and then along the way I would come up with more ideas and more ideas and more ideas and then through the process uh, I get more inspired and then I get more ideas that's another possibility it's not that I have something fixed in my mind that I just go to uh, but I let the process lead me uh, it happened for example when I traveled in Madagascar I was doing a crazy violin adventure project there. I started with very little uh, bit of music uh, when I arrived there. And it turned out to something very beautiful in my opinion because each day that was passing, I was writing more and recording more. 
So it became a very authentic kind of experience. I was getting inspired by the actual place, by being there and seeing everything and speaking to people. And each day I recorded more. So that's very authentic when you record it on the spot and uh, wrote more music. So yeah, that's another one. That's amazing. That sounds like a perfect lifestyle. <laughs> you go to places, you write about it, you create beautiful music. That's amazing. You know who I know does that? I know Tina Guo does that. And I know she has some sponsorship collaborations with big companies. So basically she travels to different locations and she's supposed to write a theme for that ad, right? So yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that's a great way to go because until you actually physically go somewhere, you don't have an idea of that place, right? Everything people told you will seem wrong once you're actually there. <laughs> That's fantastic. Why don't we have a listen to one of your crazy violin adventures? Sure. Okay. So you sent me a couple minute excerpt. Here we go. I, I, yeah, I sent you an excerpt that I sent to GoPro when they wanted to uh, share this on their social medias after they given me their award. And that one was particularly uh, written about England, mm -hmm. England and Wales, and was shot in England and Wales. The video is on YouTube. You can just search it, Crazy Violin Adventure, you'll find it. Beautiful. Go check out the video, guys. So we're going to have a listen to it. Here we go. surprised that it won the award so it's really important to think outside of the box right when you're creating something so I feel like that's the topic very very true today so creating your music producing something 
um, you're not just doing that for you, but you're also creating a connection with other people, right? That's where I think the social media and the cyberspace, everything comes in handy. What can you tell us about that? So I know you have some strong opinions on the social media and cyberspace and just in general <laughs> online world, right? Yes. So, so I feel like this piece is such a statement, true statement to that. This piece, first of all, started as um, a concept that I created for myself, to be honest. Um, it is meant to inspire me and make me happy creating something for myself, basically. Um, because as a musician, I've been on tours a lot, and I was thinking to myself, the lifestyle of a touring musician is very hectic and you just arrive in, in a new place, probably a place you've never been to. You go into rehearsal and you do a concert and the next day you're gone. <laughs> um, in, a, in a good case, it would be maybe two days or three days maximum, but you will never get to experience the place properly, you will never get to explore the place. And I grew up as a kid who really loved nature. I love nature. I love just walking in outdoors, forests, beach, everything. And I thought to myself, what can I do to keep doing music, but be creative and inspired and enjoy different kinds of music and enjoy traveling? But the kind of genre that I like, nature. I love nature. And then it just it just striked me like that. I saw a GoPro uh, mounted on a friend of mine guitar, and I thought, ah, that's cool. He can take videos of his gigs and stuff, and that's a cool angle. You see his fingers. Um, I thought, I should get one and maybe just film my gigs. And then it just struck me, okay, no, I need to do something else with it. And it's, it's crazy because the opening uh, frame with the violin in my video Crazy Violin Adventure is the exact image that I saw in my mind one day. Just It just struck me like that. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to create music about different places so I can go and visit them, enjoy the nature there, write music about it, perform it, record it, produce it, and hopefully get something out of it because it's visual as well. And that could get me going around in so many places. And that's how it started. And the first video got the GoPro award. So I I thought, okay, that's 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 a good start, I guess. Definitely. I love that. That's a great idea. So uh, some of the people that I'm most inspired by, not just on social media too, um, there's this YouTuber, she lives Jonna Jinton, she lives up north and she creates her own music and her own videos of, like you said, beautiful nature. I think you would like her. <laughs> yeah, That's amazing. Absolutely. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything with us. Um, now, I would like to do a little bit of something fun. And there's a game that we play closer to the end of our show. It's kind of like a rapid fire game. So it goes by pretty fast. In under a minute, you have to answer 10 silly questions. <laughs> do you think you're ready? Yes? Yes. Okay. All right. So I will start the countdown and then I will read the first question. And I think you'll be able to hear because we've tested this before. This was great. So it will go three, two, one, and then I'm going to get you started. Okay. All right. I'm ready. You ready? 
Let's go. What's the most memorable performance that you know of, that you did? Wow, there's quite quite many. <laughs> Try this your best. Quite many. Okay, uh, all right. A Dolce Gabbana fashion show in Italy. Oh right, beautiful. At what age did you pick up violin? Six. All right. What are the names of your pets? My pets. Napo, the Kedan, and who's the last one? We're missing one, I think. No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> All right, violin, acoustic or electric? Both. What motivates you? What motivates me? Um, hmm. Creativity. All right. Which YouTuber you just can't stop watching? I don't watch much of stuff on YouTube, to be honest. That's okay. We didn't, um, you know, we didn't make it in time, but I don't see why we can't just answer the questions anyway, right? <laughs> We're out of time. That's okay. So, um, name three of the songs that are your favorite to cover. Ooh. My favorite to cover. Ooh. <laughs> That's hard. We play shit, shitloads of covers. You know? <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, no, seriously, I don't know. That's okay. No worries. All of them. So yeah, makes sense. Name three people you admire. Three people that I admire. Mm -hmm. um, my my dad, my mom, and um, I'll name four. My two previous violin teacher. That's good. Thank you. Now, question about dogs or cats. <laughs> uh, I grew up with both, so I'm both. Yeah, same here. Okay, now name three artists that you follow on Instagram. John Mayer. Um, God. Uh, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. I just... <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> And um, yo, I totally forgot. Uh, John Mayer, Dirty Loops, and uh, Noah. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. You, okay, so we didn't make it in time, but we answered all the questions. So, way to go. Thanks for being a good sport. <laughs> <laughs> I know some of them are hard, some of them make you think really deep, right? So, that's kind of the whole point. <laughs> all right, so before we go, I would like to ask you one more thing. So, if there was like the biggest piece of advice that you'd like to give young artists who are entering the industry today and building their careers, what would be your biggest advice for them? Uh, how long do we have? As long as you like. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So, so it might be like five to 10 minutes. That's okay. Go for it. First of all, look inside yourself and think for real what you really feel like doing with music um, because most people grow up playing an instrument and playing a certain kind of genre um, and not necessarily wanting to continue with this specific genre uh, but they don't know what to do because you grow up in a certain way and you think like oh I'm bringing the rules I'm doing something wrong I'm a bad person I'm a bad musician um, that's not true you first of all you 
do need to look deep inside yourself and think what makes you fly literally what makes you feel like you want to fly and i've had that kind of feeling since i started playing with other genres of music um i grew up with classical music obviously and, I, and i'm trained professionally trained in classical music but i always liked other genres of music and i always had a feeling inside myself that i'm gonna do other genres of music uh, as for my career because i just enjoy music in general and um when i was 15 i found out that classical violinists on the big scale have very tough life um they are very much focused and zoned and they have to remember a lot of texts um and they don't get to social much um if at all I know it looks much different than social media, but social media is a big deceiving tool. Yes. Um, but it, it's very strict and serious, and which can be great. Nothing against that. But it means that you have to be focused all the time. You always have to be zoning. And most of people who are more famous violinists, um, and I know that there is the freaking out kind of um, environment before our concert. Um, it's there even for the greatest. They always have this kind of closing down moments where they just need to focus on the upcoming performance and they cannot even speak to other people. You can't speak to them. And that's, that's part of this thing. And um, it's a lot of traveling, which can be fun, but as I said, when you move from venue to venue, it it can be exhausting as well. But um, fair enough. That's that's that that's things to consider. So when I was fifteen, I I researched all those things and I thought I'm not sure I really want to have that kind of lifestyle um, because I like classical music, but I like other kinds of music as well. So. Um, Obviously, I went to study in a proper university in London afterwards, um, and I did have the kind of question, should I go to a classical university in London, or should I go to Berkeley College of Music in Boston? Because I got into that as well. Um, but I, I just chose um, the classical institution just to continue and develop my abilities. Um, so then I can tell myself, okay, I've done this the right way and it's time to move on and do some other stuff as well uh, so just just to start with look in, deep inside and see what you you feel about music in general not just the instrument because i felt that violin to me wasn't just the whole of classical music it's an instrument in general and when you ask a person for example um like, like if someone tells you i play the piano you don't necessarily think that oh they play classical music they could play jazz, they could play pop, they could be a lot of things yeah. within that. But when you, when someone is telling you, I play the violin, it immediately falls under classical music. And that's an interesting thing I got to realize. So I thought, okay, maybe that should be changed uh, as a first thing. Now, a second thing, um, you want to understand the market of which field you are in. Because if you just study and you think like oh i'm going to finish uni and there's going to be a red carpet ready for me and i'm going to conquer the world that that's nice to think but um reality is not really like that um and a cinderella story is one of million so 
I wouldn't count on those things. I know everyone is talented, everyone is great. Uh, so many people getting so many great comments from their surroundings, but reality acts much differently. Uh, I've seen a lot of colleagues of mine, great, great, great players, finishing first degree, thinking, okay, and then nothing. <laughs> no one is there with red carpet ready. And then they would think, okay, so what, what should I do? What should I do? Okay, let's do another degree. I can practice more. Maybe I will be better. And in my opinion, that that's a kind of a mistake. You don't want to do that because you don't want to get stuck in studies all the, like for many years. Uh, you want to start actually pushing for work out there in the real world because no one prepares us for that, for real. I mean, there is no course to understand how, how does it work outside and how to be a musician, like a full-time working musician. And I'm not talking about teaching, I'm talking about performing. I perform full-time. That's what I live off. And Thankfully now we have a catastrophe around the world, but I may, I managed to have savings from performances. Um, and I'm very proud of it because I, I've done it all from performances. And it feels great. So you want to understand the market of the field which you are in because classical music is not a big market. And the problem is where we have uh, not enough demand and too much to offer. So um, you need to people need to understand that if they are in the classical music field um, and take it into consideration. And because then you cannot complain if you don't check the field and the market. Um, so it's hard when there's not enough demand for players or great players or and, and there's too many players that won't take to fill up um, positions. So people do need to understand that and take that into consideration. Then another thing, um, you can still be a classical musician, but work as a musician in general, which means take your, get your, use your abilities, use your mastery of the instrument, and you can do gigs, you can do, I mean, just normally it's not classical music gigs, you can still get paid, and that's a good thing. Because people don't understand that they can still utilize their abilities and to get paid. And when you get paid, and it doesn't have to mean that you play every day, all day, pop music or music that you don't like. It means that you get paid to do something that you are trying to do. Yes, even though you know you don't really like the music. I don't think I, I think very few people don't like pop music or, you know, like loving just classical music. Um, it's good to get paid as a, as a player in general. It gives you the time and space and the money to stay calm and work on your stuff that you're actually interested in. Uh, I've done it when I was a student. I was struggling for two or three years. I was struggling with paying my rent, uh, being a student, practicing, uh, buying food, all the very basic needs of life. And then I started doing um, some function gigs. And suddenly I had, I suddenly had money I could breathe. I could breathe and I could focus on my studies and I could focus on creating my original music and working with stuff that I was really interested with. And I had the stability, financial stability, and um, basically time, yeah, uh, and freedom to, to 
put time on, on what I wanted to put. And that's an important thing. So if you if you have skills, utilize them for different genres if you can. Because there is demand for for outside of classical music, obviously there is, um, because the market is growing. The market circles are growing outside there. There is there's a lot of market circles. There's events markets, there's private events, there's corporate events. Um, there's a lot, there's pub scenes. Um, I'm not a big fan of that, but there's a lot that you can get involved with. There's literally a lot. There's lounge uh, music um, venues or demand for those kind of bands that do background music. There's a lot you can you can get paid for. So I wouldn't um, dismiss that. I, I would say use that. Because a lot of people are struggling. I see a lot of my colleagues from the classical world struggling to pay rent. And I find it absolutely horrible. I just I just don't want to be a struggling musician or a surviving musician. I want to be a willing musician. I want to be um, stable and I want to enjoy creating what I want to enjoy. Now, we have social media these days and that can be a great thing and it can be the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah. um, it requires people to understand how it works and how exactly things are going on. There are different different platforms and each of these platforms work differently to the other ones. So for example, this Facebook. Facebook has a certain kind of crowd to it. It's more it's older people mostly. It would be more from twenty seven and on, even thirty and on, that are gonna be your main crowd on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So um and, and there are ways to promote yourself there. I personally wouldn't use uh, any of the Facebook slash Instagram ads. I think they're not working uh, the way they're meant to work. It's a money machine for those companies. And uh, there are other ways to do targeting. Uh, I'm not going to go into targeting now because uh, it's a massive topic. Yeah, it's we should do a separate interview topic. on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but content making, you need to um, tailor your content to each platform. YouTube works in a certain way, uh, Instagram works in a different way, Facebook works in a totally different way. Um, check timings, when to post, when is the prime time to post, what hour of the day and what day of the week. Sometimes you don't need to post every day, sometimes you need to post every day, sometimes you might need to post twice a day. That's a bit of like out of the set of skills that we have as musicians, but that's part of the do-it-yourself musician uh, set of skills. Yeah. And unfortunately, these days, it becomes a must. And, and unless you have a higher team around you somehow to do that for you, yeah. then people would have to do this themselves. And I, I started doing this myself when I when I was in college, and it's hard at first. It it explodes your mind. You think like, I don't want to be slave to that. But yeah. it's part of the business these days. Uh, it can be deceiving as well. There's a lot of people that um, tell you that they are A, B, C, D, all of great players on Instagram or Facebook or even YouTube, and you don't know sometimes what's behind it. It's 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 very important to understand um, that it's it. These can be very deceiving tools. You might think that wow, this person is so successful. How? What's wrong about me? Nothing is wrong about you. (laughs) Um, 
because a lot of people, not a lot, but some people, I've seen some people that would create an image of a superstar on Instagram. Let's take it for instance. And um, because it's a very visual kind of platform and people just click like for the visuals. In many cases, they don't care much about what's in the video or what's behind the picture or how this person really plays like. Um, so it's, it's, it's very easy to, to fall into depression, saying a lot of successful people there. But if you really check, run a proper research, and then you find out, ah, that's a student, that's someone who's, who's still a teenager, and this, this person lives with their parents, this person, I don't know, they, they, they don't get really paid uh, to perform much. Um, and then you realize, okay, so it's not so, it doesn't really work yeah. like that. There's still, there's still something, I, I, I would call them the old rules, but there's still uh, these kind of old, old rules that are the ultimate requirements, and they will be always like that. Um, to do something on a great level, you need to play well. I don't believe that someone can be a shitty player and, and somehow get world success. Um, it doesn't work like that. You need to be a good player, uh, a good musician. Um, you don't have to be a great person, but personality helps, especially if you have charisma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stage presence is very important these days. It's very important. Stage presence and visuality, these things are big sellers these days. It's important. Uh, content making, when you create content, it needs to be very appealing to the eyes. It's not an easy task. But if you use um, great thumbnails that make people wonder, ah, oh, what's that? I want to click on that. Yeah. There you go, that works on social media. Um, so uh, beyond being a good player, yes, because not always it counts, mm -hmm. as we can see these days in social media, there is something else. Um, if you really want to make a change and create something um, for yourself, Concepts, concepts are are the ways to get you forward. Because if you are just reproducing the same stuff like everyone else, it's not likely that you will get big stuff. You will, you might get gigs, and in your area, especially fine. If people are into that, you you can get support definitely. But if someone wants to um, have it um, like big time. Concepts are, are the way. If you have a creative, unique concept that no one did before, and it's something that people get inspired by, and it's something that people can, I don't know, gather uh, because of, and then you're doing something that might get you pushed really forward. Because if you have something that is a, is a unique and different and creative and of high quality as well, um, and on the top of that, you know how to look very entertaining when you perform, because that's very important these days. You are in a great position, um, because that's what um, that's what still what labels are looking for. I know they have less power these days, but they are still holding the business. Um, so uh, yeah, if you there's many people that play amazingly, amazing, many. I, I see some of them, and I see them just playing a few recitals a year and teaching and fading away. 
because there's a lot of great players there, a lot, but not all of them look interesting on stage or have something new to say. Uh, we've heard millions and millions versions of Mendelssohn Valley Concerto. So another version is like, fine. Take into consideration that most people these days listen to those pieces because of the music, because they like the music. So if you think of it, maybe create new music for violin. That, that might get people interested with that. Um, yeah, I think, I think we're in, at an interesting time um, in this life where violin has the opportunity to become an instrument of um, not just performers, but uh, of people that create new music for instruments and in different genres, because I really don't believe it's just an instrument of one genre. It's a um, universal instrument, and you can do a lot with it. You just need to be a bit smart and um, try not to reproduce a lot. Um, you need to be interactive when you perform, especially when you perform. Performing is, is, is so important. There's a lot of people that record and have great videos on YouTube, and they would have mass followings, but you won't see them live on stage because they probably don't have that excitement within them when they perform. Uh, and labels are looking at those things, um, and it's not a new thing. It's been yeah. that kind of that kind of thing has been here forever. Um, so yes, uh, I personally, you can make an income and a decent income and living out of being um, a social media influencer as a musician or a YouTuber. You can do that. It's possible, definitely. For me, in my own opinion, I don't want to be a screen musician. I want to be a live musician. Uh, I like to perform live on stage. Yeah, can I say? Yeah, me too. So yeah, it's important to find out your uh, way, your own direction, your own passion, um, to be very entertaining when you perform, um, still keep good quality of things. Um, I know there's a lot of people that don't care and don't understand, but at the end of the day, if you check out um, people that made it really big or people that became legends, they are the finest players or the finest singers and th th that's how you have it, or the finest rappers. Uh, you don't have like middle section, like middle level people hitting it really big unless they came up with such a concept that um, made people thinking yeah. wow, I've never had anything like that. Yeah. And yeah, that's it basically. Um, Thank go you. be creative, guys. We, we have so much to offer. So, that's true. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much, Bar. And thank you so much for coming today to share all this with us. So we love your music. I love your music. <laughs> and maybe we can have you back sometime and we'll do like a separate interview on just the marketing, just all of these great ideas you have. And if you have a new song coming out or a new video, let me know. We'll feature that in the new show, right? I have an exciting one coming up very soon. Wow. I have two exciting videos coming cool. up. One of them is... Um, is a, is, it belongs to the cover um, field, let's call it. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's, it has been done in a way that uh, we haven't seen much yet, I would say. And nice. the other one is another one of my Crazy Mind Adventure original videos. Uh, this is going to be just, I promise you, a fairy tale. Nice. So, guys, follow. 
follow Bar on his YouTube, on his Facebook at forward slash violin bar, on Instagram at violin underscore bar, on Twitter at forward slash violin underscore bar, and on, of course, his website, find the new videos at barmarkovich.com. So you don't miss the crazy, awesome new video. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that it. Yes? Oh, sure. No, 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 I can see it. I can see it. It's B A R M A R K O V I C H dot com. Yeah, that's it. That's the one I have. Mm -hmm. You guys got it. Yay. <laughs> so don't miss awesome new videos. Um, he's an amazing artist, and I hope that you have something to take away from today. I have learned so much myself, too, and I completely agree with everything we discussed. So why don't we have you back sometime, all right, with some more questions and to answer some more awesome, you know, topics that I know is going to be helpful to all of us to grow together, right? So thank you so By much. By the way, yes? I just gave everyone here a very easy marketing tool. <laughs> Like I just did that. <laughs> yeah, like right now we can step it at your screen. That's right. <laughs> it's like one of those silent music videos, right? Where like you don't say anything, you just have the notes fly by. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. I think we're gonna close with an um, another mm -hmm. amazing song, Glasgow Kiss. All right, and we'll see you guys next week with awesome new artists. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.